Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. You can find me on Twitter at Todd from PA, T-O-D-F-R-O-M-P-A. Make sure it's Todd with one D. I'm the odd Todd. Yeah, I got robbed of a D at birth, and yeah, it was traumatic, but I'm getting to deal with it. And uh, unfortunately, the world has to deal with my attitude. Well, anyone who knows me knows I don't have too much attitude. Anyway, we're here tonight. Um, I'm pretty excited about our guest. He is a analyst, and he works at Draft Sharks, and we're going to be going through a couple different things today as it relates to products that they offer. And one, I definitely was a member of last – well, I was a member of Draft Sharks last year for the express reason of having availability to one of these tools. But a little bit of a backstory first. I actually um, – Last year, I don't know anyone who might listen to this. I hadn't really been into fantasy football much for years, but I called into the NFL show with Ross Tucker and Bob Papa a lot, and I started listening to the Fantasy Feast. And they, you know, I knew who Evan Silva was from Roto World, and you know, basically, I decided that I wanted to get into their league that they were offering. So I signed up, I did all these things, and I got in the league, and then I found out the league wasn't a fantasy football league, it was something called an MFL 10. Well, that set me on the path of addiction, Um, 88 MFL 10s later, I uh, ended up broken in rehab, actually I didn't do that bad, but uh, I, uh, the long story short, I listened to the feast, and they had Jason on, and you know, he broke down all this research, and it really was the podcast that kind of gave me, uh, or in in some cases gave me strategy, but it also reinforced what my early impressions of the way to play uh, an MFL 10 should be. And when we were chatting and he asked about the podcast, and I said, we you know, we agreed that he would come on, uh, he mentioned that he had been on the feast, and I was like, holy cow. This guy's the guy who I listened to last year. This is awesome. So pretty long story, but essentially Jason Rock Phelps is on Twitter, and you can follow him like I do, at Data Scientist FF. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, appreciate you having me. I love the uh, production value you, you kick off the show with. Oh, thank you. I... Uh, you know, uh, do unto others, right? <laughs> but um, 
you know, you want to make the shows interesting. You want to make it something that you would listen to. And then you hope that people who are like you end up listening. And that's, uh, you know, that's a, a simple do unto others as you would have them do unto you type of thing. And I'm all for that. But uh, did you like the the song in the beginning? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, that was cool that you got that that made for your podcast. You know, I'm I'm a big podcast listener. I, I always have something going. You know, while I'm working or walking the dog or you know whatever or doing yard work, I've always got something going. And your your uh, you know your podcast is now in my playlist. I am honored and impressed. So. Um... Yeah, I've been doing this since about November, and I enjoy having smart people on and having smart conversations and trying to make everyone better at the hobby that we all love and enjoy. So, you know, we definitely want to get into the apps, but I wanted to kind of go back to um, the, the, you know, the Fantasy Feast podcast. You were on there last year. Tell me a little bit about what it was like being on the podcast with Ross and Evan and some of the the effect of being on such a high-profile podcast had on your life. Yeah, it, you know, the experience is pretty wild. So I didn't get into the fantasy football industry until uh, last year. Um, and... You know, I, I got introduced to these MFL tens. I saw uh I saw that you know, Rotoviz was doing some research on those. Um, you know, I come from uh, analytical background. I you know, I'm pursuing a degree in predictive analytics. I work as a data scientist for national health insurer. Um and I, I like just tinkering on the side, so you know, fantasy football is a hobby of mine. I was in a very non-competitive um, home league, and I still went into like you know, kind of creating my own uh, draft board algorithms, and uh, so I went way beyond what I needed to be doing. But about two or yeah, two years ago, I moved from Portland, Maine, to Rochester, New York, and I'd already been um, aware of draft sharks because of their um, you know, historical performances in the FSTA uh, projections uh, contest. So I knew they, you know, they were a great group. And after I moved I, here, I, I realized I have to interrupt that, for a second. Is yeah. Draft Sharks a sponsor of Sharknado? One, two, three, or four? <laughs> uh, I think we're working on something. I don't think we're officially. That would be like a natural. Yet, but, while you're getting eaten by the flying shark in the tornado, <laughs> learn about fantasy yeah. football. There you Sorry. go. Yeah, yeah, we 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 should have some uh, product placement in there somewhere. You know, now <laughs> now that uh, you know FX or whoever's playing them at late at night, we need to get those you know, photoshopped in. Yeah, I've never uh-huh. seen one of those, but I have read your website, so there's that. There you go. Um, so I interrupted so, you. I apologize. Go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. So I was living in uh, Portland, Maine, and then two years ago moved back to Western New York with my wife. Her family's from there, um, and realized that Draft Sharks headquarters was in Rochester, New York, which I live. I did right not know that. Now. Yeah, so that was pretty exciting. So you know, I uh, 
I shot an email of those guys saying, hey, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I would love to hook up and, you know, talk football. I, you know, I've, I've looked at um, some of your products and I have some ideas, maybe how I can improve them. And, you know, Jared Smola, the senior editor over there, he responded. And that's what's great about these guys. They're, it's a small operation, but they answer any emails that, you know, you send to send to their group, you know, especially for their subscribers. So they're great. They got back to me within a day or two at the most. We started this conversation, met up uh, with them for a beer, you know, talked with them for a couple hours. So that started that uh, relationship. And then last, um, I guess, last winter, early spring, I convinced them to let me come on and do some – MFL 10 content because, you know, they, they haven't been doing much. They, um, I, I saw some, some room for me to add value with some, anal, you know, analytical approaches to, you know, to my research and yeah, so they, they brought me on. Um, and that was my first big project for them was writing an MFL 10, uh, strategy series. Nice. So, um, oh, was yeah, that before I guess getting, or after getting you were back on to the, the podcast. fantasy feast? Oh, well, that's how I got recognized. You know, so I, I did all the MFL 10 stuff and, you know, I created some buzz, you know, like Matt Riddle. and um, I, I created some Mike, buzz Mike, in the 70s. <laughs> you know, Mike Vargosian, like uh, some of those guys that have been known for talking about MFL 10 um, started, you know, following tweeting. my work, retweeting it. Yeah, and then Evan... Silva caught, you know, caught word of it and invited me on the podcast. And great thing is, like I said, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I've been listening to Ross Tucker since he was on ESPN um, football today. So I was like a bucket list thing, you know, to be invited yeah, on, I mean, seriously. Uh, to talk on one of his podcasts. It was incredible. Ross actually said he would come on my podcast and, uh, I actually haven't had, you know, I'm so afraid that will change his mind. I, I haven't, I haven't like, <laughs> You know, I'm like paralyzed. You know, but uh, yeah, definitely gonna try and get him on soon. I got a couple of people backlogged, and we fit this in, and I yeah. I, I kind of got caught up in the whole SFB 480. But I digress. Um, t- t- tell me about what I really want to know is, you know, so you do this podcast, and what's you know, I always like you know, you, you like I watch Big Brother on television. And it's like I always wonder what happens when these people go back to their normal lives. Like that's as interesting to me as them being on TV. So I'm just curious as to like what's what's life like in the in the week after you do something like that. Um. Well, I mean, I got a nice Twitter bump. It's you know easily my biggest Twitter bump in you know my Twitter history. You know, but you mean uh, as far as followers go. But yeah, as far as followers go, as far as so so uh, so what was the epi- I mean, interactions I, I didn't I even getting. think of that. I didn't even think of that. But like, are, are we talking ten? Are we talking a hundred? I mean, what uh, what kind of bump are we talking about for uh, for that? Um, so that's a good question. I'd have to go back and look, but I well, probably just give went me a from right. I probably went from about three hundred or four hundred followers when I went on that show to push in 500 
You know, oh, so, wow. so 100, 150 followers, and that, you know, um, was at least a 50% bump for me at the time. And I just created Would you this agree new with Twitter. me that the scum of the earth are the people who follow <laughs> you so you could follow them, and then they unfollow you? Yeah, I guess that's not cool. I mean, I'll be <laughs> honest. You know, I'm trying to get my name out there. I'll follow people that um, – you know, I think we'll be interested in my work, one, you know, and I don't do that. I don't That's unfollow different. people when they start but following me. But if you follow someone just so they can follow you back and then you unfollow them, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kidding. You know, I'm, I guess I'm in a mood yeah, tonight. Well, so, I, I, you know, I see, I see where my, uh, my, followers, you know, my followers will go up and then I'll kind of check it again. I'm like, oh, I went down by two. But I have no, like, I'm not doing anything to track who's unfollowing me, so I don't even know. Uh, I don't. I don't keep track of it that closely. I, I religiously and, I mean, I, go. Th- I religiously go through the people that I'm following to see and look for people who. Because I. I mean, if you. If you know, at this point, if you're someone I like or someone that I think is interesting in the world, yeah, I'll follow you. But for the most part, I'm not a big follower, right? It. Yeah. It, it, it can bog down your timeline. I mean, I'm certainly following a lot more people than than follow me. And if someone follows yeah. me, unless it looks like they're just gonna send me a bunch of crap, I follow them back out of out of courtesy. <laughs> but it, yeah. it tends well, see, that, to come so... from other people, not me. And then what they'll do is they'll kind of you, you look. Then I'll go through and I'll see, son of a bitch, this guy followed me and I followed him back, and then he unfollowed <laughs> me. Who does that? But uh, I, I'm really digressing off of the key point. So it basically, it was a it was a big help to your um, notoriety, so to speak, in the Twitter world. Oh, sure. you and know, yeah, to get and to get I, on I, a, a you know a podcast that has tens of thousands of listeners, I'm sure, and to get you know Evan Silva to retweet my stuff, you know that that's huge. You know, in this yeah, industry. absolutely. So, so what I want to do is. You know, I definitely, the key point that we're trying to do today is get through your content on DraftSharks.com, and I want to make sure that we're not going to give short shrift to that, Um, and I would like to keep this to an hour, even though I set it up for an hour and a half. Um, So what I want to do is I'm going to kind of give you some of the strategies because I remember your strategies, most of them for last year, and some of the key points both for and against. I'm going to go position by position, mention kind of, you know, the topic, and then give me 15, 20 seconds on each one. And we'll, you know, both from the perspective of the research that you had done previously, and then any change from that, you know, how you feel about that particular thing. A year later, does that sound fair? Yeah, that sounds fair. I, I mean, I, I would like to kind of give a um, a quick precursor of how how I kind of you you, you can do whatever research. you want, but you don't have to curse at me. All right, <laughs> but uh, so what I did, right? So I'm a programmer. What I did, I pulled every single MFL ten league from 2013 2014. That's a good point. I should have mentioned that. Keep going. So my research isn't anecdotal right I, I pulled every single league i had every single team i had every single draft board i absolutely that, remember that was that. running yep. this run in this format so um you know i i could dig into exactly what was successful 
Right. Right. You weren't just throwing a, a, a dart at a dartboard. No, 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 not at all. And, um, you know, so all my research is based off of having full access to that data and being able to manipulate it to answer the questions that, you know, I was interested in. Absolutely. And I, I do remember that as being a key part of the pod, so I'm glad you brought it up. Um, anything else before I start digging into some of the key points? No, let's, uh, let's go for it. All right. So we'll start with the quarterback position. Now, my, and again, I'm going to tell you what my memory was. You're going to tell me, yes, that was what the research said. And, and yes, you know, for 2016, I, I still kind of feel the same way or not. So the number one thing was, you know, the key point was that running back heavy, running back early, those were the teams that had won the major. you know, that was the number one best strategy was to be running back heavy. Um, I would have done that anyway. You kind of reinforced that. And then we had, you know, they talk about the zombie apocalypse. We ran into the running back apocalypse last year. So, A, did I remember it correctly? B, you know, what was your kind of take on the running back apocalypse, and has it changed at all your feeling as we go forward this year with running backs? Yeah, so my – so you're right. Research said go running back heavy early. Um, My take on last year is based largely upon others' research. You know, Jared Smola over on Draft Sharks, he did a – uh, study on it, seen stuff from Rotorviz, seen stuff from no, Number Fire, all saying that last year's running back year was an outlier. Like it looked like a complete anomaly. Um, so that's why I'm very hesitant to weigh last year's results too heavily into um, any new research. I'm really excited about getting a fourth year data this year, and then revisiting my study. Um, so because because of all that research saying it's a, a relative anomaly, I'm not changing my philosophy too much um, based on the research that I did. What's great about this year, though, is because of last year, the running backs are undervalued. Last year they were being overdrafted because everybody was doing, you know, I, I had my research again, other sites were doing their research too, saying – Go running back. You got to get the running in, backs, right? In best, in the yeah, best I mean, I, I, there were drafts where early, right? there were got drafts where I went running back the first four rounds, and I wasn't the only one. There was, you know, Evan Silva. We talk about him. He was doing that in certain drafts. Um, yep. You know, the, the the one thing that's interesting to me, my initial takeaway was everyone's going to back off the running backs, but it doesn't change the underlying math. Right. Math is very hard to, um, you know, you can have an anomaly within facts. And my initial Mm -hmm. feeling going into this year was I'm going running back heavy. But unlike last year where I felt like I was getting a lot of great value at wide receiver rounds 7 to 11 or 12, you know, guys like Mm -hmm. John Brown in the 10th and Bolden and, there was Steve Smith, and, you know, again, he was a good value. You can't predict an injury. So the interesting thing to me, though, was that when I started going running back heavy this year, 
I noticed that I hated the wide receivers. I just didn't feel, not that I hated them, but I didn't feel that they were the most valuable players on the board at 7 to 10. And you're kind of hitting on that a little bit with your running back late value. I think you can still go heavy running back this year without spending all the draft capital in the first few rounds. Is that kind of what you're saying too? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm, so the way I've adjusted a little bit is, I'm not reaching on a running back in the first five rounds just to say I got, you know, four in the first five rounds. If there's value of running back at that point of the draft, I'm getting it. And by value, I'm not – I'll pick a running back um, a little bit earlier than ADP because I know that they're more valuable in this format. Um, I, you know, I I rarely reach ahead on a a wide receiver. But – the the most significant variable in my study was still getting value, right? You, you want to get players as they're falling in a draft. So that's my primary focus. My secondary focus is filling out my running backs early. This year I'm, I'm uh, pretty focused on getting at least three in the top of the first five rounds. Um, my I definitely want four before, like, Frank Gore's off the board. Um, and then after that, I'm filling in with a guy like, you know, one of the pass catchers like Sims or Riddick I'm trying to get, or even I'll go a little bit later. Like I've, I've been picking up a lot of Buck Allen uh, like the 14th, 15th round. Yeah, I'm, uh, as a, as I'm on a, that train too. Running I mean, back. It's just like, I don't need another running back, but Buck Allen in the 14th round, I'm taking it. Yeah, or, I, I, or I'm, I'll I'm take taking. Blunt in the 13th or, um, you know, things like that. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting my run back Blunt early. is a great I'm, I, I'm seeing what you're back, saying about And the, I never the, take him. What's that? Blunt is a great best ball running back at that value, mm-hmm. and I never take him. Um, yeah, you know, so I mean, I, just I'm thinking feeling about like it. tight ends or quarterbacks at that time, but if – if there's no quarterbacks or tight ends I like on the board and I still want, uh, you know, a fifth running back, then, you know, so I'll, let's move I'll on to quarterback because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I definitely want to wrap this up in about 10 minutes so that we can, you know, give your tools the proper due. So the quarterback situation, you know, my memory is that you recommended – not to go with a third running uh, quarterback that the by far your uh, analysis showed that having two quarterbacks as long as they were kind of in that 10th to 15th range or 10th to 17th range of best quarterback was the ideal is it was am I remembering it correct and yep, how do you is, feel yep, about it correct. now uh I'm still saying you know I'm looking for uh two quarterbacks um, in that range, you know, 10 to 20 ish this, this year, it feels like, um, all the way down to about quarterback 24 is good. Alex Smith is, I think the 24th. Yeah, I, quarterback I agree. Going Tannehill, Tannehill late. But Tannehill's late. I mean, I'll still let somebody else draft Tannehill. Not me. I, I like do. him. I, um, I believe in the Adam Gase effect. You know, I, 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 I typically shy away from, from new offensive coordinators, like you know, the, it always seems like an offense. And again, I, 
this is a little bit, uh, you know, feeling out. You know, I like relying on data, but I don't have any to back this up. But it seems like they always start off slow. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like Alex Smith. and Well, I'm sure you have the numbers also. to make a gaze for that. Um, so, um, all right. So, all right, here's the dilemma I'm running into in MFL 10s this year. I, you know, I, and believe me, I've got plenty of drafts where I don't take a, a quarterback to round 11 or 12. But there's mm-hmm. been plenty of drafts lately where I'm finding Aaron Rodgers in the mid-sixth round or Luck or Wilson in the early to mid-seventh round. And I feel like at that point, there's such a good value that I take one of them and then I don't have to take my second, you know, in other words, I'm more comfortable with Alex Smith being my second guy sure. rather than feeling like I want a Kirk Cousins or a guy, you know, a car guys who go around or too early. What are your thoughts on that? Well, going back to your earlier point where you're, you start losing value in like wide receivers, right? Beyond the seventh round. I have, I maybe took luck in, February or March in round four or so. And this was before I had gotten a good feel of, you know, ADPs and what, what all was happening. But I don't start looking at a guy until the eighth round. I'll take Breeze and, and Roethlisberger in the eighth. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not targeting any of those other guys just because I, I'm, I'm still I, I seeing value like... at wide receiver. I just feel like, you know, Luck in the seventh, Wilson in the seventh versus Ben or Breeze in the eighth. I, 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 a lot of times the wide receiver I might have taken in the seventh is still there. Or, you know, I've been doing a lot of tight ends in the seventh to tenth round. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll say, you I know, mean, there's those, a lot of guys the, that I got in a tier that – so, all right, so we kind of hit that. Um, any last thoughts on quarterbacks before I move over to tight end? No, no, just, you know, I'm still sticking with two um, and rarely ever take – or, yeah, rarely ever taking one early, you know, before the eighth round. Um, the, the only time I take you've a gotta third be pre- one – You've got to be prepared for big runs, you know, in, in the – right around the 12th, 13th round. You know, there's there's a bunch of good guys that are all essentially the same tier right there, but then they they, they go quick. fly off the board. So if you, you know – you got to be careful about getting boxed out of runs, especially if you're on the turns. I, I do agree with that. So um, my memory on tight ends was that three are better than two. Um, the one thing I will say on three quarterbacks is I, I do mix in. I like mixing my exposure so in a variety of ways. So I'll, I'll take 10 to 20% of my lineups and do a third quarterback if I feel a guy – like a Joe Flacco's there in the 18th round. I mean, it happens. And I'm like, you know what? That versus my, you know, sixth running back who's, you know, one of these guys I'm hoping on. Um, So once in a while I'll do that. And just the opposite. In general, I go three tight end like you recommended last year. But occasionally if I get someone I really like, like if I have a, a Jordan Reed, maybe I'll only go two. Although I have, yeah. unless up, yeah, unless you unless you get a Gronk or maybe a Reed, um, yeah, the data said to go three. But if you get one of those early guys, it said to go two. 
Oh, interesting. Good. Well, and, you know, I think a viable strategy for those out there who are listening and might want to buy some Jordan Reed, but it, his injuries scare you, um, Niles Paul is available in every MFL 10 in the 20th round. He's got some mm-hmm. talent. Um, you know, he's got injury concerns, too. But if he goes down, I think Niles Paul is very viable, and it kind of is a way to uh, back up Jordan Reed. I'm not big on him. Yeah, he's, he's very interesting. I mean, Niles, Niles Paul was going before Jordan Reed last year until his injury uh, kind of solidified Reed's um, you know, status on the depth chart. And yep. So that's my little yeah, tip. Like, I, I rarely, I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to lock up guys that have more uh, defined roles in a best ball situation. But yeah, I rarely handcuff. But that's one that. And again, when I talk, I talk in exposure. You know, I might only have, mm-hmm. you know, sure. by the time this is done, 10% Jordan Reed. And of that 10%, maybe only 5%, you know, half of that I'll have Niles Paul. So, you know, mm-hmm. this is not my, you know, number one strategy, but sure. I like having a little bit of different flavor to my exposures. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I guess my philosophy on that is very similar to your DFS um, kind of tournament strategies where you see what the values are for the week and then you're loading up on those values and then diversifying the combinations of those values. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a lot of high ownership. You know, I'm not afraid to have 40% ownership on guys because I know the rest of the team around each one of those selections is me very different just because, you know, the natural yeah, but in DF- uh, variation in, in, in drafts. In DFS, if your guy gets hurt in the middle of the game, he kills a week. If you've got a guy in MFL 10s and he's one of your top five-round picks and he's 60% and he goes down, now you're looking at a negative ROI because of one injury in the sport that injuries are prevalent. So That's fair. That's that's why... fair. Let, me, let me give you this anecdote. Right? Okay, sure. The, the best team, the best team in F- MFL 10s last year scored 2,903 points. It was Adam R. So kind of anonymous. I don't know who that is. Best, this is the absolute best team put together in an MFL 10 draft last year. They drafted Melvin Gordon in the third, Amir Abdul in the fifth, Steve Smith in the eighth, Matt Stafford in the ninth, which that was probably like, you know, the eighth quarterback off the board at that point. And Nick Foles in the 15th. So that he had the, D'Angelo the, Williams. And who else did he have <laughs> in that last 10 rounds? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he had Devontae Freeman and Doug Baldwin. And, you know, he, he was stacked otherwise. But yeah. I just, it, just, just saying that he, the, the best scoring team from last year missed That's on five. That's kind of funny. Picks. All right, so the they, last they subject missed, They is, missed on a quarter of their picks and still had the best. That is kind team. of wild. 
So the last uh, the last MFL 10 subject we'll hit on is the defenses, and I've had a lot of smart people argue back and forth. Originally, with the same logic that I used in the beginning before I heard your podcast, which was that why go three defenses because defenses never get injured. So you know you're going to have one or two playing every week where, you know, they you never, might lose. They never lose their roster spot, right? They never lose it. They're always exactly. going to start for you. Exactly. You know, yeah. wide receiver, if you have two or three injuries, all of a sudden you're in trouble. You know, the defenses never lose a roster spot. But, you know, what I feel that I learned, like I took your advice, but I had some two and some three. But as I followed my MFL 10s last year, I really felt like I got it. And that is that defensive scores from week to week can be probably the most diverse of any position. You know, if you got a quarterback, he's going to score, you know, 18 to 22 points most week. Running backs, mm-hmm. you know, again, you, you, most positions score very close every week. Um, but a defense can have a zero or a one and be a very good defense. And then the next week, get two touchdowns and get, you know, 30 points. So by yep. having three defenses, you're giving yourself an, a 33% better chance of having a huge week out of a defense. Is that, is that a fair way of looking at it? That's very fair. And so I've got to be upfront about the research, right? The research looked at every single team that drafted MFL 10. So that's that's what's saying for the average player, drafting three defenses is going to be the best move for you. That doesn't consider how good you are at identifying talent later in the the drafts, right? No. Um, so so you know I, I can't be definitive about that. If if you are truly good at talent evaluation and, you know, projecting these players, then maybe you are better off going to earlier defenses. I don't look at, I don't look at drafting a defense before the 16th round. I'm still seeing, I'm still trying to like make sure I get a starting tight end, you know, before the 15th round, you know, because those guys drop off quick after that. Um, filling in position players up to about the 15th round, you know, late, you know, Alex Smith is, Roughly a 15th round pick. If you wait longer than that, you're likely missing out on one of those guys. You might get Teddy Bridgewater, and that's I don't know. He's he's off my draft list. You know, I'm not, I'm trying to get a quarterback before I have to rely on him. The the good but, thing uh, is though, you know, last year I identified and, and look, I could have been wrong, but it turned out I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I I I felt like Denver was highly undervalued, um, and I think I ended yep. up with like. Th- it was definitely my target. I had 30% Denver. My other, you know, I had late Jacksonville and Atlanta were my choices, and the Vikings were another choice. And, you know, I was very competitive with defense by identifying mm-hmm. a couple defenses that I, I thought, you know, I'll never pay up for a Seattle. Um, I won't pay up for Denver this year. I like Denver. If they fall to the 15th round, I'd consider them, you know, a round earlier than I would like to normally take a defense. Um, but I'm going after the Jags, the Vikings, and, and my my favorite, you know, if, if there's a defense out there that could be the Broncos this year, 
um, that you can get in the 17th, 18th round pretty uh, regularly. I'd say, you know, a Rex Ryan defense, um, I like that. And then I, the Bills I also, are my highest I, owned team at this point. Oh, or the cool. highest owned player are the Bills. So we agreed on the Broncos last year, and we agree on the Bills this year. That's good. Yeah. And then yeah, I also, also – go ahead. I'll comment on that. So if you're going too early, you got – in my opinion, and again, I'm not one to do this. I'm still following what the data suggests. If you're going too early, in my opinion, you got to get those guys that have defined roles in their their offenses. Like Javon Curse is a great target in those late rounds. I, lo- I love Robert Woods. <laughs> I mean, oh man, I don't have any Robert Woods. That's a good one. Robert Woods. I mean, he's he's he no longer is competing with Chris Hogan for you know secondary target, you know as a wide receiver. Sammy Watkins is banged up. He's going to miss games. I mean, Charles Clay is. I like Charles Clay Clay as a tight end, but I mean, you know, I think he's comparable as a, a target in that offense with Woods. Um. You know, so no, I agree. Last I, I, year I know, had a Har- lot of Harvin, Harvin's gone too, right? Har- Harvin was taken away from Woods last year as well, and he's gone. So I mean, Woods is super cheap right now. I love, I love yeah. grabbing him. Kendall, Kendall Wright, you can get into the 16th round. I got it. that's um, my no- Kendall Wright, and is one of my big ones. Um, last year, Baldwin, Eddie Royal. Um, there was like four or five guys. Stevie Johnson, just, Stevie Johnson, Stevie Johnson, Stevie the guy you Johnson. at the end of the draft. Like those guys, if you target those guys, I think getting two defenses is could work out. But if you're wasting picks on guys, like in my opinion, like like I don't know, Wendell Smallwood, I'm not too big on. Again, I'm not as well versed on some of these people as others. I like I'm a little. I, I like a little looking, Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, I, I'm not going. Um, I haven't been going Jeff Janis, you know, because he doesn't really have a sure no, role I, no, in there. And the number I, three, no, the number the three receiver, and yeah, number number three receiver in the Green Bay offense. Is Maybe never really didn't Maybe. too much. And I, I, I still, I, I've, I have more. I have some Adams shares, but I have zero Janis shares. Um, yeah, I got. So, so I guys, got a little I'm, I'm looking at guys like that. You know, I'm, I'm, and Stevie Johnson, like I said, like that. That's plenty of guys to target um you know late there that I feel good like I mean you can get Terrence Williams and Pierre Gasson in like the 14th round like 13th 14th round I'm you know I'm I'm definitely looking to get guys there I mean Ruben Randall I'm not too high on just because I don't think the the Eagles he's are going to have a, he's Ruben Randall but I mean still you know if he's on the field catching some passes he scored like what 180 fancy points last year and you can yep. get them in the 19th round well we better segue out we did a nice section on mfl 10s yeah. and i'm going to save us from ourselves because i know you do <laughs> want to talk about the you know you and i oh, yeah. have done a whole episode on mfl 10 a black hole Our for t- sure it it's 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 as close to crack as you get in the fantasy <laughs> hobby you know, I always yeah. call MFL 10s the one-night stands of fantasy sports. You know, you get all the joy of, you and know. You get that endorphin rush when you, like, you're on the clock. Without the and... guilt, without the guilt or the commitment of, you know, the, the guilt of a one-night stand or the or the commitment of a relationship. So, uh, 
Yep. All right. So we're going to move on. Anyone who is following us, I tweeted out the links to the um, the two files that we're going to go through, and we'll start with the MFL tracking league tracking tool that is on Draft Sharks. It's free. Uh, through Sunday, so if you're listening to this between now and Sunday, you're going to be able to log in and you're going to be able to look at the tool. Um, Jason, I'm going to kind of let you kind of lay out what the tool is. I used it last year, but why don't you go through some of the key points and get across to people uh, what you are hoping to accomplish with this and why it's such a great add-on to what is already a very good site. Yeah, so what I was trying to do is come up with a good way to track my profit, track how many leagues I was in, uh, track my overall team portfolio, you know, how many first-place teams do I have, how many seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths, um, real quick. You know, and I, I wanted to see which players are boosting my first-place teams, right, and which players are dragging down my last-place teams. I wanted um, – Oh, what else? I wanted to see what my drafting uh, tendencies were. You know, where where was I spending my draft capital? I wanted to see where everybody was spending their draft capital, right? I wanted to have an understanding of the whole market. Um, and so I did a little bit of a redesign this year so that uh, the tool is a little bit more absorbable, right? There, You can take it in. In, in chunks, and then you get this full tool where you can have a ton of interactivity where you can investigate questions to yourself. And that's the cool thing about this is it doesn't just answer the questions I'm in, interested in. It can answer your questions. And you have the freedom to investigate them yourself. So the first page on it, uh, let's call it Story Point, is um, your investment page and your ROI page. So you select your teams, and you can select you know multiple team names if you have different team names. But um, it shows you, all right. Well, how what's the total entry fees you've you've entered so far this year? What are your total winnings? What's your total profit for the year? It shows you how many MFL tens you're in, how many MFL twenty fives. So you can track that. Um, and it shows you your standings, right? Uh, right now, before the season starts, it's really not that interesting. Everybody's in first place. There's like a you know, a 12-way tie for first in every league. So that that's going to look much more interesting once the league starts. And the cool thing about this page, though, is if you're interested in, okay, how am I doing in my MFL 10s? You click on the MFL 10 box. It shows you what your standings are in those. If you're curious, all right, well, how am I doing in MFL 25s? Click on that, and you maybe see, hey, like, oh, um, it looks like I'm doing better. Just in to jump in for a sec, sorry to yeah. do that. But um, no, like I went to the page and it's saying get instant access to read all. So uh, it says sorry, the rest of this content is reserved for DS insiders. So just wanted um, to give you a heads up on that. You might have to. That doesn't, that doesn't yeah, this, this is yeah, this isn't supposed to be behind the paywall. Um, I don't know. I'll, I was well, my can, editor today. I'm just telling you so that you can let them know and hopefully get it. Uh, free to Sunday like we were talking. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry about that, everybody listening. No worries. Follow in. Hey, you know, drop drop the <laughs> drop the subscription though if you if you want to follow up. <laughs> um, 
Well, all right. So, yeah, so, so, so from memory, you, all those yeah. things you were talking about are really great. So it's an all-in-one snapshot where you can see what everything you'd want to know about an MFL ten. Is that correct? Your MFL yeah, 10. You, and anyone else. Play, player shares. You can look at. Um, really, you can almost use this as an ADP tool as well. See what the ADP of all those players are. You get. If you want to look at your portfolio, you can look at. Um, you know what your ownership percentage is of each player um, and then compare that to, all right, where did I, where on average did I draft that guy? What's the, their ADP over the last seven days? Um, You could uh, base it on, uh, you can sort, you know, so you can look at the guys that you're reaching on, you know, the guys that you're not, there's a way to look at, uh, something a, a draft equity comparison where the the differences in ADP are weighted heavier towards the beginning of draft, right? So if you're getting David Johnson two picks uh, behind where his ADP is, that's more relevant than getting, you know, Philip Rivers two picks beyond where he normally goes. So there's a way Absolutely. to do that. Yeah, so there's a way to do that. And you can, again, this is, these tools are, completely interactive right so you you can sort them uh i actually put a, a a filter in here so you can look at um who are my most owned players that are on teams that in the top three of the standings right or the bottom three of the standings or, or you know kind of the middle and of the if road. i'm if i'm not mistaken isn't a year uh of draft sharks for not just your mfl 10 tool and not the mm-hmm. other tool we're going to do but isn't the whole package around 30 dollars for a year I should know this better. <laughs> um, All right. Well, I, there, there's, uh, there's, two, l- subscri- there's me... two subscriptions. There's like a twenty-five dollar uh, for preseason and like twenty-five dollar in season. I think that I, I think there's two separate subscriptions like that. Gotcha. So it's about. I think it's fifty bucks for the whole year if you do that. Okay. Well, you know. So, so if you're just interested in the ADP tool, then you pay twenty-five bucks for the summer. If you're interested in tracking the leagues, then you do twenty-five dollars for the year. Uh, and then you get all of our DFS content, everything else. So there's no, there's no like, that's a, that's only split in subscription. You, you do preseason, in season, and you get everything. And and during, a free ticket to the screening time. of Sharknado. That's correct. Sharknado Four, I think, is the next one coming out. It's it's it, it's coming. It's it's you know, I I all right. So let's move on from Sharknado, but. Um, so um, anything else you'd like uh, to cover on the tools? Yeah, so one thing that I think a lot of people will be curious about is looking at the drafting tendencies. And I have a, a, a inclusion here for the, the league tracker where it shows the drafting tendencies from 2016 compared to 2015. And you can um, you know, roll over those, those graphs and see that in 2015 – um, 56% of the picks in the first round were running backs. And then you look at 2016, that's down to 37%. So uh, about a 20% drop in the number of running backs being drafted in the first round. You know, So yep. you can investigate any point in the draft you're interested in for any position and see what the differences are between the years and uh, things like that. And, I mean, so you, you can look at your own drafting behavior. You look at the consensus drafting behavior. You can look at the best teams 
you know, the bet you can easily find the team that has the most total points in all NFL 10, right? That that's included. The thing I'm really excited about this year that I didn't have last year is a feature where you select your team and right on the web page, right on the, your current page, it shows you the live scoring for that week, right? So it, it embeds the MFL, the My Fantasy League uh, live scoring oh, that page. That was one of the things that – Right that, into the – That was the one of the things last year that was a little bit of a bummer to me was that it, you, you, you wouldn't – like midday Tuesday it would update. So you're saying it's going to update as it goes this year. Well, yeah, you can click on the team and look at the live live scoring directly from the website, but the the data values in um, in the tool in the tables that are built into the tool like are the still going to be Tuesday. Yeah, because they don't release the final standings until Tuesday morning, and gotcha. so that's when I run I run my data update. You know, so I I don't no have worries. much control over that because. Um, yeah, that stuff's no not worries. that stuff for the week's not finalized. So, um, but um, yeah, so that's that's cool. You can be able to look right into if you see a team you're tracking, you can look right at the live scoring. All right, really well, good. that is cool. Any any other uh, additions to this year from last? Uh, not not anymore. I mean, it's it's you know, just, my my advice to people that are checking this thing out: don't be afraid to just click on everything and see what happens, right? You, you click on one graph, it affects the other graphs or tables in the, in the chart. So, like, if you want to look at all the first-place teams, you just click on the first-place bar in the standings tracker, and it changes the, the drafting behavior graph, and you can see exactly what the behavior of first-place teams was. You know, so just don't be afraid to click on things, and you're, you'll, you'll, you know, can explore a lot. And, and maybe one day you'll be a data scientist, too. There you go. I mean, that would be cool. I mean, I respect numbers, but I need someone like you to run them for me. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Some people understand how to put these tools together, and the other people have the questions, right, that they want to No, that's, that they that's answer, what I mean. Right? In other so. words, you know, I'm more of a gut instinct type of guy, but I'd love yeah. to be able to prove my gut and my instinct with numbers. You know, yeah, where so, I mean, you – where you if you're might a writer more listening of... to this, right? You can you can do your own investigations with this tool. You get essentially direct access to all the MFL 10 data from 2016, yep. and you can do um, you know answer you know, write write an article around something um, and ha- you know have that data at hand. Yep. All right. Well, that is very helpful. I recommend highly that people check out the website DraftSharks.com. All the features, all the benefits. Um, there's rankings, there's analysis, there's shark bites, which, you know, don't hurt. And under <laughs> tools, you know, you've got a mock draft tool, a depth chart tool. Sort yeah, of that's exciting. Stack. We just built, built a mock draft tool that essentially a draft trainer, you know. It, uh, and, and I did something real cool today, and I'll, I'll, I'll end on this. So I'm doing a Scott Fishbowl satellite. I wanted to do a mock draft. I was just going to lead with, you into that. Go ahead. With those rules. Right, so I was like, I'll do a mock draft and play around with it using these rules. I loaded it up for that my league, and it automatically filled in the draft board up to that point in the draft for me. So I'm already into round seven. The mock draft filled in down to there for me. So now I can mock draft from that position in my in my draft. That's that's very cool. 
And I know that yeah. there's and it some gives, other... And it gives suggestions. You know, the mock draft tool, it's not just like a random thing. You know, it's, it's giving you suggestions and uh, kind of analyzing your draft as it goes. Oh, that's cool. Well, you know, I know there's other... And now it's free, that too. That's a free tool, so anybody can go check it out. It's a... Uh, I know that there's other... Actually, when I clicked on it, it said lock in. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Um, Fair enough. Let me try it again. Tools. Mock draft. Yeah, it takes you to the login page. Um, well, here, like, like I like I said, they are super responsive to anything. Like I don't I don't recognize those issues because I have an account and I don't. And I work exactly. part time for them. You know, I, I'm I'm doing like five hours a week for these guys. Like I just email them and not they, a, they will be able. And to, I'm not uh, trying to embarrass you. Know, I hope it didn't come off like I was trying to embarrass you. I was. No, 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 no. That's fine. You know, and and that's. That's why this stuff is free for now, right? We're we're getting people interested in it, but also working out kinks, <laughs> you know. So yep, no um, worries, no worries. Yeah. I think okay. that it is some really interesting stuff. Um, so you know, go to DraftSharks.com, um, check out all the the features, the benefits. Um, it looks like that there's a board as well, a message board. No, and what's an MVP board? Oh, MVP board is uh, essentially a – it's essentially the mock draft tool in um, in a live draft for you. So it it's a draft tool that's giving you advice as your draft goes along. You, you quickly enter, you know, the players that you're selecting, the players that your opponents are selecting, and it, instead of just going off of rankings, it's adjusting the rankings as you go through your draft based on who's left on the board and who's on your team. So it has, it's dynamic essentially. And that's, that's like one of the cool. things that I first, that's one of the things I first designed for them. And, and um, after, after coming over last year is, uh, is working on that dynamic algorithm. Um, so that's you know, very cool. If uh, you know, let's say you start off the draft, you got, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, the top running backs, but somebody still uh, goes and drafts Lamar Miller and Mark Ingram. The relative value of those guys, right? The relative value of Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott have gone up because you know some of that pool is diminished, and so our our MVP board dynamically changes you know their rankings, their values. No, that's that. That's good. That is uh, that is very interesting. So there is um, there is a lot of going, a lot of stuff. I'm sorry, I got caught in the middle of the tweet. <laughs> um, my this one guy in uh, is has uh, he he hasn't checked in like 13 hours, and the draft's been sitting on him for five. So. Uh, I thought I'd give him a little. I, I have. It's the first time I've I've given someone a little bit of a push during the draft. Yeah. Um, well, so, yeah, and just these guys are great. I mean, they they've ranked highly in all the um, the FSTA projections contest. Kevin English uh, won the the DFS projections competition through Fantasy Pros last year and placed top five in the last three years. I mean, we have these guys are great great at what they do there's a ton of quality projections and player profiles and 
and and they've got you part top time. Notch, top notch tools as well. And they've got you part time. They got me part time. You know, working on stuff. So. That's and we good. have something big. We have something big coming down coming in uh, down the pike that we're going to announce in the next week or two. But and you can't uh, uh, you can't give us a, a hint. Can't spill the beans. Just uh, keep your ear to the floor. You got it. Well, um, I'm glad you follow me on Twitter. I'm glad I follow you on Twitter. And let's head to our last topic of the night, which is the uh, living in the fishbowl, the Scott Fishbowl. Um, I'm in it. You're um, in a satellite to get in it next year. And you had mentioned that somehow your research in MFL 10s was helping you to draft in this format. I was wondering if you could detail that for us. Yeah, so the big difference between the, um, I don't know what you want to call it, like the the Premier League, right, the SFB 480 and the SF uh, 480 satellites, is that the satellites are best ball. So there's no weekly management. It's still 20 rounds. Uh, sa- same roster setups and everything, but it's just best ball. And so obviously MFL 10 is the best ball draft, right? And um, so, so I'm using a ton of uh, a ton of what I pulled from here, you know, knowing that running backs are you know inflated due to the quarter point per carry in the Scott Fishbowl. I'm hitting those even heavier, right? Than than I have been oh, in yeah. MFL 10. So I, I went, but nobody else is doing it except for I. I've lucked out the wrong word here, but uh, Cristo or at the what, you know, the guy that um, he's been around the MFL 10 podcasting a lot. He he did. I think he was the the number one uh, most profitable MFL 10 high volume player last year. Um, he ended up in my satellite, so. Oh, the both of us have gone four running backs, two quarterbacks through the six, first six rounds. Well, and so you want to hear neither my, of us have a wide receiver. You want to hear my? Uh, you want to hear yeah, my? Because uh, it's been go. I've been getting about two picks a day, so um, I'm not that far in. So I had the one-one pick, which I wasn't thrilled about, but I took Todd Gurley. I thought he was the best running back for this this year. I thought that his floor was as good as some of the other running backs, but I think he has the ability. Um, you know, just he's just a rare talent. And second year coming off a major injury, you do seem to see running backs get a bump. And unfortunately, the the the, the four quarterbacks I wanted were gone, and and most of the running backs. We just we had a lot of smart people, I guess, in mind. Um, so mm-hmm. at 212, I took C.J. Anderson a little earlier than I would have wanted to, and I took Drew Brees, who was my fifth-rated quarterback. I came back at the end of round four with Jay Ajayi and Tyrod Taylor. So I locked up my two quarterbacks, and I locked up uh, my third running back. At the end of the sixth, I, 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 I took a wide receiver. Most of the quarterback running backs I wanted were gone, and there's a guy that I really think, you know, his upside is still there. And I took Doug Baldwin and Duke Johnson, mm-hmm. so I got my fourth, um, my fourth guy there. 
And we still hadn't gotten the quarterback run, so I dipped my third quarterback and took Marcus wow. Mariota and, and Dwayne Allen at 8-12 and 9-1. So any I heard thoughts somebody on make a team? great point. I heard somebody make a great point about Mariota, and I think it's Tennessee and I believe Cleveland. And you've got Duke Johnson yeah, they're on and the Mariota, right? They're on yeah, the bye the, the first week of the playoffs. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's a little rough for people. But, again, so As a I third quarterback. Off, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't love all your, your, your player selection. Like, girl, my eyes kind of popped out when you said girly number one. But, um, who, who would you uh, You know, I like the running backs. I, um, I am still of the opinion – well, again, you know, you're doing a – you're doing more of a, a weekly management league. I was, I'm doing a best ball, and I'm, I always struggle this time of year to get out of the best ball mentality because all I do is MFL tens, and um, so those Drew Brees feels a little bit early to me. Um, so I, I was from the 105, and again, I'm doing a satellite, and there's there's over 40 satellite leagues, so that's a, uh, that filled. Um, there's quite a few people doing these. From the 105, well, I went. I, I didn't. I didn't love taking Drew Brees there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the only real running back on my board who was in that next range, like if you look at the running backs that went after I took Drew Brees, it was Lashawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde, Thomas Rawls, Dion yeah. Lewis. I mean, well, McCoy. Th- you McCoy, know, I love, especially after this news. <laughs> Uh, Carlos well, Williams is suspended. McCoy, I think Jonathan you know, Williams may be suspended for the first four games too. I think I think something came down on him as well. I mean, I just didn't, you know, McCoy. I was on last year, and mm-hmm. you know, he just he, he hasn't been healthy for a while. He's getting up there in mm-hmm. age, and I don't like elusive running backs when they get older. I think the first thing that goes is, you know, I think that big backs tend to last longer than, you know, you know, his whole name, Shady. I mean, the, mm-hmm. those, you know, if you remember Brian Westbrook, when Brian Westbrook went, it was over, right? Because once they lose that, that little bit of extra speed and elusiveness that makes them so good, um, I don't know. I just couldn't take, I just felt, and, and I was worried because I was at the 1-1, that there would be a huge quarterback run and I would miss out. So yeah, did I love that? I didn't love either. I, of the I certainly targeted quarterbacks because of that because I didn't know how this super flex thing would play out, and I I went. I didn't wait on quarterbacks in this in this format. Certainly, I I wanted um, to. I wanted to, and if you know, if you look at. Um, Eddie Lacy went two four. I would have taken him. Ingram went two nine. Mm-hmm. I would have taken him. Doug Martin. I would have mm-hmm. taken him. With, you know, yeah. any of those three guys make it to me. I mean, obviously Lamar Miller and Freeman and all the other guys were gone. Yeah. Um, we, we, if, weekly it, management is, is different. Like, I mean, maybe you could play around with. I mean, it's so it's such a deep league though. I don't know if there's anything going to be left on the waiver wire. But but what in I a like best ball, is, I didn't want to mess around with missing out on a QB run. Well, exactly. Um, and that's why I took Breeze and then Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I, you know, he's the sixth best, uh, seventh best rated quarterback um, in this format. And I think Mariota, you know, because here's the other thought I thought about with running back is because you can super flex, 
if you get three or four good quarterbacks and you're starting two each week, that means that someone does, you know, even a lot of people are only going to have one quarterback that that's solid and some are going to have two. And then you run into buys. So you're trying to win each week. It's not a best ball league. Maybe. So yeah, maybe. I was, mean, it's, there's 24, in my opinion, there's 24 guys that I'd be okay starting you know, or having as starters. That's my point, and, that's, and I got three that's of them. Two for, that's two for every team. So by you going three, you're only really hurting maybe one or two other teams, and there's still all those other teams that got but there, but there's three quarterbacks guys. as well. You know, there are two solid ones or three quarterbacks as well that are. There, there's uh, three guys that have yeah. three uh, already, maybe four. So there are yeah. going to be some teams. Probably half the league is going to be a little short on quarterback. But then uh-huh. what really tipped it for me was remembering that bye week, there's nine bye weeks. And, you know, that mm-hmm. means I'm going to be able to start two quarterbacks pretty much every week. Pretty much every and week. I, sure. I, yeah, that, that makes I, some I th- sense. I think that's an advantage. And I also trust in my ability to find value late. And, and yeah, well, we'll see. see if... I, I'm I'm spoiled in this this format again. In my best ball league, I don't have to be as nervous about getting a starting wide receiver because I can just draft eleven of them. Because there's no defenses in this in this league. We're drafting twenty two, uh, you know, spots. I mean, I can just load up on wide receivers that I see having some some value. Like we we already talked about the NFL tens later in the draft and. Um, you know, and just I only have to have to start three. Now, if I get three starter weeks from eleven, I'm gonna have other guys that can fill in flex too. And um, you know, my extra running backs, unlike MFL tens, where you can only have one of your running backs if you go four early, only three of them at most can start. In this league, there's so many flexes. You could start all five of your running backs, right? If you go, if you go well, five running backs. Well, and that's the thing. I would have gone four running backs to start, well, at least three, and then probably taking a quarterback at the, you know, at the, at, at, um, you know, at the, you know, after three running backs. Um, but again, to me, you can't be dogmatic when you draft, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm no, not no, going no. to take, the, yeah, the I'm not going to take, take, you know, a McCoy who I'm just not feeling, for you know, and pass on a Drew Brees. I'm I'm, I'm not going to do that, right? I could have gone wide receiver, but I promised myself I wasn't going to get a wide receiver early. Des Bryant was on the board. <laughs> oh, right you're too day. dogmatic there, though, Todd. Well, yeah, I guess. But <laughs> my point, my well, my point is that you have to have some flexibility as well. Oh, and sure. and I did, and uh, you know, so. I would have loved to have gotten, you know, I look at T.J. Hernandez's draft, and he's, like, he got, in the eighth round, he got Langford. I mean, it was just, like, I'm sitting there crying because I couldn't even get <laughs> Langford in the sixth. And, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, it, uh, Smola was bragging about his. I, I can't remember what it is anymore, but listen to he, this was, get, he was getting some crazy, crazy value, like maybe oh, Michael God, Floyd in the eighth round or something like that. Sixth round, Jonathan Stewart, Matt Jones, Frank Gore, Jeremy Langford. Mm-hmm. I took Duke Johnson at 7-1. Mm-hmm. So I took I, Duke Johnson wasn't on my radar, but I figured he was the next guy on my board. 
because I think sure. even with a half half a point of carry, and he's got upside if Crowell actually ends up, you know, getting himself out of the team. So, again, you know, the, every draft is different, and that's why I ended up with the three-quarterback strategy. It wasn't my first strategy, but it seemed like the best way to try and counter what had happened to me at running back. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel awesome about my draft. I started from the 105. I got Le'Veon Bell, then Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, who I really like, especially after the uh, suspensions that came down. Um, then I got Blake Bortles in the fourth, Tyrod Taylor in the fifth, Matt Jones in the sixth, and I still got Eric Decker and John Brown as my top two wide receivers in the seventh and eighth. That's great. Yeah, I like I'm, su- I'm super excited about it, and that's where I'm at right now. I, I mean, you know, I'm not uh, a Jamal Charles guy this year, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I have some Jamal Charles in MFL 10s, but, yeah. um, uh, you know, I <laughs> – I know he doesn't need a huge workload to put up numbers, but you got two or three really good guys sitting behind him, and uh, he's coming off his second major injury at 29 years old. Ah, it's just oh, you there's know. risk. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's risky too, but in this format where you have to beat so many other teams to, uh, you know, to get get into the prize. I agree. That, you got to take the chances uh, you feel good about. Right, they're very high upside guys, and Bell at five and and Charles and and again, best ball can mitigate some of those things. Um, Absolutely, it also well, Jason, it also you know you're screwed if they're out for the season. So. Absolutely. So Jason, it was a, a real pleasure having you on, and uh, hopefully we covered everything that you had hoped and that you got out of oh, the episode. Oh, never. What never. You- we don't. <laughs> There's not enough time in a day to cover Never enough time. I could talk about, obviously. They, they say that 45 minutes is the max that a podcast should be. I don't mind going to an hour, and we're at an hour nine. And, again, yeah. I don't care because That's we plenty. had fun. And uh, we yep. got out. You know, we really covered two podcasts worth of information. So <laughs> if you're a 45-minute, uh, uh, po- a 30- to 45-minute podcast guy, just consider that we did two episodes in one. Split them up and and listen to them in different, you know, listen to our MFL 10 portion. Stop, go, you know, have a beer, come back and listen to the second half. Just go mow the lawn. Mow mow the lawn lawn. takes about an hour. (laughs) So um, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and for all the work that you put into um, MFL 10s for the fantasy community. You've come up with some really great tools. Why don't you give us your Twitter account again and where people can find you on Draft Sharks? Anything else that you might want to promote before I lead us out with a song? Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to get the word out that I just changed uh, or created a new Twitter handle. I, I've got a, uh, my other Twitter handle I was using all last year, but I, I do a lot of just data science tweeting on there so that the audience is uh, we're too mixed, right? There's data science audience and then fantasy football audience. So this is my tw- new Twitter handle at data scientist FF. Um, you know, so follow me there. I'll keep people posted about, uh, you know, anything I'm in the middle of researching, any, any uh, you know, new products or new articles I'm throwing out there and, you know, any, any spots I'm doing on other podcasts or things like that. Um, 
So yeah, I pre- appreciate you. You know, I'm big in NFL tens. You know, we'll be doing the DFS stuff uh, during the season. Yeah, I look I look forward to reading it. Maybe I'll maybe we can have you on during the uh, DFS season to kind of uh, I'd love to have you on to kind of get a, a an analytical uh, look at how you handle and tackle DFS if you're willing to come back and do that. Yeah, and, and you know, keep an eye out next week. I'll be doing a, a Draft Sharks podcast talking about MFL tens and doing some, you know, going into a little bit different, um, different things. Like we'll talk about stacking in best. Is it hosted like on? So. Is it is it hosted on Draft Sharks the podcast? Is it on iTunes as well? It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher, and you can listen to it right through the the free Draft Sharks app or right through their website. Awesome. Jason, thank you for joining us. I'm Todd from PA at T-O-D-F-R-O-M-P-A. This episode has been sponsored by FFCouchCoach.com. FFCouchCoach.com is a great place for dynasty information, articles, and there's a bunch of great guys also on Twitter who you can follow. Be part of the the, the herd, FFCouchCoach.com. By the way, he doesn't write that for me, so i got to try and just do it from memory um anyway thanks to everyone who listened uh we're going to take you out uh with a song about fantasy because we just spent an hour and 15 minutes being lost in a world of fantasy <laughs>